Did the saved receive forgiveness of sins at the cross or upon salvation? Does this mean that everyone, even the unsaved, have their sins forgiven already? Hi everyone, my name is Francis Simeon and uh, you are listening to the Pauline Fellowship Bible Study Hour. And before we go forward, I'd of course would like you to... Uh, would like to remind you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and not just to hit that subscribe button, but also hit that bell. So whenever a new video drops or publishes, you'll be one of the first one to ones to be notified. All right. Our outline for tonight. All right. We're going to talk about the problem. What are we talking about? Why do we have uh, this Bible study? And then we're going to talk about the timeline, the Bible study itself, and finally, last but not the least, the significance. Why is it important to talk about this? All right, so let's move forward, shall we? During our last Bible study, we talked about um, the gospel of God and the gospel of the kingdom, of course, after, before and after um, the cross. And then finally, we also talked about the gospel of uh, Christ. Now, uh, let's start off with our, our verse for uh, our text for today, Acts chapter 13, verses 38 to 39. And uh, this is actually the first Pauline verse because it's the Apostle Paul that's uh, preaching, that's speaking in this verse. And by the end of this Bible study, we'll be able to read all or, yeah, to read all of the verses, all of the Pauline verses that mentions forgiveness of sins. All right. Well, the Bible says in Acts chapter 13, verse 38 and 39, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe all that believe are justified, okay? They have it. Everyone that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. So if you remember correctly, we made a uh, comparison as to the difference between the gospel of the circumcision and the gospel of uh, the uncircumcision. In the gospel of the circumcision, they talk about uh, Peter, the apostles talk about a future forgiveness of sins, while the apostle Paul, however, says, hey, when you believe, you have forgiveness of sins because you're justified right at that moment. And then uh, this... Um, uh, when when we when we posted that when when we released the video in our Bible study, we had some messages from uh, different uh, people, and, and definitely I'd like to be the first one to admit that this problem is not new to me because I myself taught and preached that before, and I'll tell you what it is here in a bit. Hey. Some people reached out to me and said, I disagree, brother. Um, and they were not, you know, they were not mean about it. And they were not being, uh, you know, showing animosity, if you will, or being giving us fighting words, if you will. And they said, we disagree. Um, forgiveness of sins 
happened at the cross, meaning our, our sins, past, present, and future, was forgiven at the cross. Well, like I said, this is not new to me because I've preached that before and I taught that before because of what I've heard from different preachers and different Bible studies and different sermons and even Bible college and things like that. So, in essence, I just heard things and I just said, well, that sounds nice. And so I repeated it without checking whether these things be so. Um, I've even used the terms, all sins were forgiven at the cross. And really, it's the sin of unbelief that sends us to hell. Do you notice that there's a problem there? If all sins, if we're going to take this at face value, there's a problem in both these statements. Why? Because if all sins were forgiven at the cross, and if that statement is true, the second statement cannot be true. Well, if you think about it, I know. Anyway, it's there's no problem because this is not, you can't find that in the Bible anyway, especially in the Pauline epistles. Because all sins were forgiven at the cross, but then wait a second, it's the sin of unbelief that sends us to hell. Then it's not all sins then, right? So um, that's the problem. So let's go to the timeline. Okay. Sorry, we have a... Uh, we have a typographical error over here. Uh, that's supposed to say the payment of sin actually did happen in the cross. The payment of sin actually did happen on, in the cross. And uh, as you can see, as as you can see in our gospel, which is found in First Corinthians chapter number fifteen, verse number three, for I delivered unto you first of all that which also I received. Um, how that Christ died for what? For our sins according to um, according to the scriptures, right? So th this is what I was trying to look for earlier. Sin was paid at the cross. That all that our sin was paid at the cross, there is no question there. In our it's even found in our gospel, first Corinthians chapter number fifteen, verse number three how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 20 to 21, Bible says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be, what? Sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He paid for our sin. He was made sin, even if he knew no sin. Think about the sacrifice. Think about the payment that was done there. Galatians chapter number 1, verses 3 to 4 Grace be to you and peace from God the Father 
and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for what? For our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Now, as you can see, all of these verses so far that we're reading is talking about how Jesus gave himself for our sins. He died for our sins. He, he, he paid for our sins, but not one mention about forgiveness of sins. Okay? Which leads us to the next verse in Titus chapter number 2, verses 13 to 14. Now, I'd like you to remember to notice some words over here in the, in the mighty King James Bible. The Bible says in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. Okay? He was the payment, he became sin. He gave himself for us that he might, what? Redeem us from all iniquity, right? So this is the verse that people would use to say, well, Jesus Christ paid uh, or, or uh, forgave all our sins, past, present, and future, because he redeemed us from all iniquity, okay? And purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. That's in Titus chapter number 2, verse 13 to 14. Now, if you're going to use that as your proof verse to say, well, Jesus forgave us, gave us forgiveness of sins at the cross. Well, then let's look at what the word redeem means. And I don't really, you know, we, I'd love to run the references uh, with the what the word redeem means, but I think most of you know what that means. Let's go to Webster's 1828. We're not going to use all of the definition, but look at number one, the first definition in Webster's 1828 dictionary. Number one, to purchase back, to ransom, to liberate, liberate or rescue from captivity or bondage. Number two, to repurchase what has been sold, okay? To purchase or to repurchase. Now, what do you think is happening when somebody purchases or repurchases something? Of course, they pay for it, right? So, number one, in our timeline, sin was paid for at the cross. Number two, Let's move forward. But the payment of sin is not enough until one is declared righteous, and this is made possible at the resurrection. So as you can see, the timeline's moving along, right? The payment of sin happened at the cross, but then that's not enough. God had to, be, to declare us righteous so we can be justified. And that happened. He was raised again for our resurrection, right? There's a song, one of my favorite hymns, and I think I've mentioned that many times already in our Bible studies. It's called Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me by Augustus Toplady. And as you will remember, in the first verse, it says, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be, watch it now, of sin, the double cure 
safe from wrath and make me pure. Be of sin the double cure. It's not enough that our sins was, were, was paid for, saved from wrath. We have to be declared righteous so we can be justified and make me pure. Okay? The Bible says in Romans chapter number 3, verse 25, whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Remember what the word propitiation means? That means when somebody has is is has a wrath directed towards you. Somebody pays to appease that wrath or that anger. Okay? To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Yeah. So you're safe from wrath. But what now? Yeah, your sin, our sins were paid already. But what now? We're not going to die in hell anymore. But how do we get to heaven? Save from wrath and make me pure. Okay? Uh, the Bible says in Romans 5 verse 18, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. That's why Jesus had to die. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Okay, so we have to be justified. We cannot, and that's that's the payment of sin plus the declaration of righteousness. And that's not our righteousness, that's the righteousness of Christ. Uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, we read this earlier, that we might be made, what? The righteousness of God in him. Saved from wrath, he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and made me pure. Okay? Romans chapter 4, verse 24 says, But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, and what? He was delivered for our offenses. Like I said earlier that Jesus Christ paid for our sins at the cross. There is no question. But it does not end there, does it? He was raised again for our what? Our justification. That's really important. That's really important, brethren. Because some people would say, uh, or many people, including myself before, before I, I, I uh, studied and rightly divided the word of God. I'd, I'd say the same. I would say the same thing. Forgiveness happened in the cross. And, and, and just like what we mentioned earlier. But listen, is it imputed to you already? Sure, I'm, you know, I understand that People repeat what they hear or maybe they just, 
they just, you know, they're trying to explain something without being able to articulate it perfectly. It might be semantics or whatever. Sure, they might mean that forgiveness was made possible in the cross. Sure. Okay. I can give somebody that if that's what they mean, um, that it was made possible in the cross. But it's not, it cannot be applied until you are justified. It cannot be applied until you are declared righteous. Okay. And when does that happen? Well, let's let's move forward. Okay. The payment, like I said earlier, the payment of sin plus declaration of righteousness equals justification. Saved from wrath, the payment of sin, and made me pure, declaration of righteousness. That's your salvation there. That's 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 your justification there. Okay. Now, once earlier, okay, let's review. Number one, sin was paid for at the cross. Number two, but the payment of sin is not enough until one is declared righteous, and this is made possible at the resurrection. And number three, once a person gets saved or justified, then, only then, comes the forgiveness of sins. Okay? Really? Are you sure that that's what the Bible says? Well, let's, let's read. Romans chapter number 4, verse 5 says, But to him that worketh not, but what? Believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. You don't have to work. If you read the, we don't have time to read the context of Romans chapter number four and chapter number five, but you don't have to do the law. You don't have to work anymore. If you believe, your faith is counted unto you for righteousness. Okay, which leads us to, again, we read this earlier, Romans chapter number four, verse 24 and 25. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, it, if we believe, if we believe, again, there's that term believe, on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was, there's the payment, delivered for our offenses, and there's a declar declaration of righteousness so we can be justified, and was raised again for our justification. Now watch the very next chapter in the first verse. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. Can I ask you this? If somebody has forgiveness of sins at the cross already, even if they have not believed the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, does that mean that they have peace with God already? Do they have peace with God? No, because they're not saved. So that just does not connect. See, if your sins are forgiven, 
you should have peace with God. No, it just does not connect, does it? Look at the next verse. Philippians chapter number 3, verse 9. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness. You know, whenever people do practice our own righteousness, it is the righteousness which is of the law. You know, we don't, we cannot, we cannot offer up our own righteousness because that's the righteousness which is of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by what? By faith. Once we get saved, uh, well, our sin was imputed to the Lord Jesus Christ, and so that's why he, he went to the cross and paid for that. And once we get saved, his righteousness is imputed upon us, unto us. And so we are declared righteous. And it's not our righteousness. It's the righteousness which is of God by faith. Amen. Praise God. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 6 and 7. Watch this. So um, somebody, uh, somebody trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. His, pay, his sins was paid. His sins, our sins was, were paid for in... Uh, in the cross, but then as soon as we believe the gospel, as soon as we got saved, um, we are declared righteous, and the righteousness of Christ is imputed unto us, and so we are justified. Watch this, Ephesians 1, verses 6 and 7. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, watch this, in whom... In whom, who's that? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. In whom, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. What else? The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So, we do not have forgiveness of sins if we are not in Christ. If we are reading that correctly, and I believe we are, in whom we have, if we are in Christ, we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins, correct? That means, entonces, that if you are not in Christ, you do not have redemption through his blood and you do not have forgiveness of sins. That's very uh, same, same language in in, in Colossians chapter number one, verse thirteen to fourteen, to to be clear, who that in whom is, verses thirteen to fourteen, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of His dear capital S in the King James Bible, Son, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom in the Lord Jesus Christ in His dear Son, we have what. If you are in his son, in, in Christ, you have redemption through his blood. If you are in Christ, you have forgiveness of sins. Question, the unsaved. When you say that they have uh, forgiveness of sins at the cross, are they in Christ or are they not? Because the, ne the, past, the, the, the last two texts we read just says that 
those who have who are in Christ have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins. Question. Again, the unsaved. The ones that you say that people say have forgiveness of sins at, at the cross of Calvary, are they in Christ or not? Second Corinthians chapter number five, verse 17. Therefore, if any man, remember, be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, I know that's talking about uh, the new man being a new creature, but this is just another verse that I want to use to say, if you once you get saved, you are put in Christ. You are baptized into Christ. You are in Christ. Okay? And if you are in Christ, you have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. Okay? Um, Acts chapter number 26, verse 18. And after we read this, that means we have read all the Pauline verses that says forgiveness of sin sins. Okay? Acts chapter number 26, verse 18. This is the Apostle Paul telling his audience that this is why God chose him. This is his commission, if you will. Okay? Verse 18, to open their eyes and to turn them. And th by the way, this is way, this is way after the cross. Okay? To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may, what? Receive forgiveness of sins. Wait a second. I thought they already received it at the cross. No. Not yet. They're not saved yet. It only can, if you will, be applied to you once you get saved. Or, if you will, you can only have access to forgiveness of sins once you are in Christ. Amen. Uh, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Okay? So this is one good proof verse that um, that you receive forgiveness of sins, not at the cross, but upon salvation. So as a summary of our timeline, before we move forward to our last point, number one, Christ paid for our sins at the cross. Number two, he was raised again for our justification. And number three, our sins are forgiven when we believe in the gospel, when we are in Christ. Again, like I said, um, I, I, I definitely understand that it's probably just semantics or some people who not being able to, to, to explain what they want to say. Maybe some are saying, you know, you know, salvation or, or, or uh, forgiveness of sins was made possible at the cross or, 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 or something like that. But there's a danger in saying things like that. And I'll tell you that later on here, here in a bit. Okay. Number one, summary, Christ paid for our sins at the cross. Number two, he was raised again for our justification. Number three, our sins are forgiven when we believe in the gospel. Okay, He paid for our sins at the cross. He was raised for our justification. 
means justification was made possible because he was raised again. Once we believe, his righteousness is imputed in us. Not our righteousness. His righteousness is imputed into us. And we are declared righteous. Hence, we're justified. We're saved. And the Holy Spirit takes us and puts us into in, in Christ. And once we are in Christ, we have access. We have forgiveness of sins. And that all happens when we believe. Amen. Amen. Okay. So we go to the last point over here, the significance. Why is that important? Before we go forward, um, do you know that the first mention of the word forgive is found in Genesis chapter number 50? And the law of first mention is so important in the Bible because we sort of, you know, get a view of how this word is going to be used throughout the Bible. Okay? So the first mention of the word forgive is found in Genesis chapter number 50. It's actually the story of when uh, Joseph, who was already a big man, if you will, in Egypt, um, when Joseph, after he buried Jacob, when after Jacob died, his brothers were nervous because they said, uh-oh, now that our father's dead, now he's going to unleash his wrath on us. That's, of course, that's the Francis version <laughs> right so they were afraid so let's look at genesis chapter number 50 verse number 17 okay it says here so shall ye say unto joseph forgive first mention i pray thee now the trespass of thy brethren and their sin for they did unto thee evil and now we pray thee forgive twice second second mention the trespass of thy servants, of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept, and they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. See, people always, always. Now I know this is just uh, a practical application of an Old Testament um, um, scripture here, but we're... we're uh, we're just gleaning, if you will, uh, practical application. Uh, people always try to work their way into forgiveness. That's why it says, behold, we be thy servants. And just like right now, when people want forgiveness, the unsaved want forgiveness. I remember, you remember if you're saved, and you remember back when you were unsaved and you don't know the scriptures yet, um, and you you know, when you want forgiveness, whether from a friend or a family member or or somebody, or even God, you try to work your way. I'll do this. I'll do that. Behold, we be thy servants. Continuing on to verse number 19. And Joseph, Joseph said unto them, watch it. Watch the next two words. Fear not. This is why I think this is really important. This is why I think this is significant. Fear not. 
for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. You know the story. You know uh, the famine that happened in the in that part of the world or in that in the land during that time, and uh, Joseph was instrumental to translate uh, or, or to interpret the dream of uh, Pharaoh, and he was uh, also instrumental in making sure um, the reserves were kept. And that there were the, the the stores were kept full, so that when the famine happened, they have reserves and they have stores to dig into. And uh, going back to to Joseph's brethren, they were afraid because of their sin. To Joseph, now that Jacob, their father, was gone, they would say they were. They were afraid that Joseph might do something bad to them or that he might seek vengeance. But Joseph did not do that. He said, fear not. Obviously, he forgave them. But Law first mentioned, look at the principle here. He not only forgave them, he comforted them, comforted them and nourished them. He not only uh, he not only paid for their debts, if you will, he also gave them more. He not only saved them from wrath, he also made them pure. See? Payment for sin is not enough. We have to be declared righteous so we can be justified. Amen and amen. You know why it's important? You know why this is significant? Significant? Because when the unsaved hear the false teaching that their sins were forgiven at the cross, remember Joseph said, fear not. When the unsaved hear the false teaching that their sins were forgiven at the cross, they lose their fear. Can you imagine people walking around, <coughs> excuse me, spiritually dead, unsaved, not caring, not fearing because they heard from a preacher, from somebody who saved, your sins are forgiven at the cross already. Well, then, why else do we have to receive, to believe in the gospel if it's already forgiven? Why else do I have to, to have faith if it's already forgiven? Be careful. Be careful, brother and sister. Well, I hope, uh, I hope you um, enjoy the Bible study. I hope that uh, you learned that Forgiveness of sins. Your access, my access to it only happen once I believe, once you and I believe, once we got saved. 
Amen. Once we are in Christ. So um, tune in next time. We're going to be talking, or we're going to talk about the gospel of Christ and the gospel of the grace of God. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful week. Be sure to remember <laughs> and not forget to come see us at uh, the, the Pauline Fellowship at our Facebook group, our TPF 1611. Uh, also, look for us at Instagram, TPF 1611, the Pauline Fellowship. Like I said earlier in the beginning, please make sure to follow and subscribe and, uh, and make sure you hit that bell in YouTube. Um, still trying to figure out how to put our Bible studies studies in Zoom meetings. And see, the problem is our listeners are in the Philippines and Dubai and in, in Switzerland and France and and um, in the U.S., of course, in different states. And so, so we're trying to figure out what's a good time for everyone. Now, if you can't watch the, uh, the videos... Can't watch um, if you can't watch the YouTube uh, videos. You can definitely go to Spotify or Apple or Google or Amazon Podcast and download our our uh, podcast called the Workman and Un- the Workman Unashamed Podcast. And this same uh, just the audio. You won't be able to see the video, of course. Um, will be downloaded or can be downloaded over there. Now, again, if you have any uh, questions, please make sure to email us, thepaulinefellowship at gmail.com, and we'll try to answer um, your question, just like this question that came up, you know, uh, about the forgiveness of sin and when it actually happened. Um, as you can see, we're, we're, try, we're trying to be respectful to everyone. We're not, not naming names, not... Uh, trying to to be to, to give you know not biting one another is what I'm trying to say that's the biblical term that that the Apostle Paul uh, said and uh, any comments any any questions any you know even if you have maybe you have somebody that that got that was blessed or you passed are some of our materials or videos or audio too and 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 they got blessed they were blessed and they got saved or something like that please let us know the pauline fellowship at gmail.com thank you everyone very much and you have a wonderful evening